Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 277 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Keep my name out your motherfucking mouth. I have to applaud us for being the podcast that does 12 seconds of prep, I want to say, 13 at best. We basically got into the room here, the little room we record in, and we said, you good? Yeah. And hit start. <laughs> and we hit start. Like It is that type of night, everybody. It is March 31st, April Fool's Eve. You're hearing this on April Fool's or later. No, that is not a joke. We are here to bring you all of the nerdy news, and what a fun episode we have for you tonight. We'll kick it off with our picks of the week. We'll do trivia. Nine for me, eight for Sam. My lead has predictably slipped away. I'm hanging on by the clutches. But a fun battle in our race to 11 win by two. We're starting in TV tonight with something we've been waiting for for roughly three years uh, to be able to talk about. I feel like I've been waiting a little bit longer, but since this announcement, we'll say. But for you, you've been waiting. I mean, damn, since you probably heard of the character first. Uh, We have our impressions of episode one of Moon Knight. On Disney Plus, it is finally available. So we're going to give our spoiler-free impressions of episode one. What we'll probably oh. do, what well, it is six weeks long, what we'll probably do is do a halfway check-in at episode three, and then in six weeks or in six episodes when it is done, we'll have our spoiler talk. Because by then, Better Call Saul, Stranger Things, Obi-Wan will all be here pretty much. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to that Ozark as well we'll be here so we're gonna be doing a ton of tv over the next couple of months so be ready hold on to your asses for that we have some obi-wan news for you as well some house of the dragon news um some it news and some fallout news we talked about walter goggins being cast or walton goggins i'm sorry being yep. cast uh is a lead for the fallout series on prime he now has a co-star we'll talk about that sam will then take over in gaming where the long rumored playstation project spartacus It's attempt at just being in the Game Pass space. I won't call it a direct competitor because it's not. It has finally been unveiled. We will talk about that. And if it's worth the bang for your American buck, we have some depressing news out of the land of the big N. Nintendo has made a pretty big but predictable delay, which makes me very sad. But that's okay. I have my impressions for Kirby in the Forgotten Land, so that will make me much happier. Uh, From there, we'll take over in movies where we have the review of Morbius. Again, not impressions. It's a review. It is available now. We'll hear what IGN had to say. There's a new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. I really hope Sam watched it because I forgot to. Uh, (laughs) A legend in the acting world is retiring, so we're going to pay tribute to him and give him his own top three our top three favorite performances of his we'll get to that in the movies and finally one of our icons basically is getting a documentary made about him on hbo in just a few days it drops i even heard about it until uh yesterday and now all of a sudden it's here on tuesday so we'll do all that and then sam will bring us home with a weekly wada let's start where we customarily do our picks of the week pick of the week this week i had to go to my list i didn't watch anything recent I didn't see Morbius, even though even if I did see it, I doubt it would be my pick of the week from the reviews that I'm reading. But <clears throat> I'm going with a show on Netflix. Came out this year. It's called In From the Cold. Hmm, never oh, heard no. of this. It's a it's an American spy thriller. Nice. Which who doesn't like spy thrillers? Yeah. This was created by Adam Glass, who was um, mm-hmm. a writer on Supernatural. He then became the executive producer. He wrote comics for DC, Marvel. 
So he expanded, got his own show, and in from the cold. Eight episodes. The series basically follows a newly divorced mother who we then find out is an ex-Russian spy living secretly in the, in the United States. Um, someone from the CIA basically figures out her identity and basically they say, if you don't work with us to stop this threat or help us figure out something, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. She has a daughter, so of course she's not going to want to go to jail. Um, in its first 16 days on Netflix, it was watched globally for over 85 million hours. I was like, holy shit. Just I, like, I remember, like, I never heard nothing about the show, didn't see nothing. Just when, one day when you're just kind of scrolling on Netflix, you, you watch that quick, what, like 30, 45 second preview. And I was like, yeah, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anyone. Ex- the lead is Margarita Leviva. You sound the name like I have no idea who that is. But then looking through her uh, uh, movies, she was in Adventureland. That was like Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. She was in Kier- the Lincoln. I think Kirsten Stewart, too. Yep. She's in that also. Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey, which is a freaking great movie. Go watch that. Um, I don't know if you I, I never seen the show The Deuce with James Franco. I heard mixed things about it. Olivia um, Wilde's in that, I think. The Deuce? Yeah, I think she is also. Um, you know, like the blacklist revenge, how to make it in America. So like she was in a lot of stuff, but for whatever reason, I, I, her face wasn't, it wasn't familiar. So I felt like I was going into this blind. Um, the other cast was okay. I felt like the, the supporting cast, they started off like a little, like a little slow. Like they didn't know what they were doing with their character, but I felt like they found their way when they got to episode, you know, six, seven, eight, they kind of like found their groove. Um, but the show kind of came out of nowhere. It's got a 71% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's about right. I think it's a solid seven. Maybe maybe seven point five out of ten. It had a nice twist uh, that you know. Hopefully, we'll get a second season. It didn't get picked up yet, but I I think just from the amount of million hours viewed, I think it's going to get picked up. It had tons of action, definitely a hard R. But I liked where they were going. It kind of shows like the present, and then there's like another younger actress. Uh, oh, geez, I I can't even pronounce her name. I I'll just say Stasha, and I can't I can't even pronounce. I ain't going to butcher her name, but. The young Anna Petrova, I thought she was great. She was just as good as her older counterpart that Margarita played. And I I was pleasantly surprised. I did not think I was going to like it. Let's watch one. And you watch one, like, ah, I, I want to keep going. I don't want to stop. And they're like, you know, episodes, like there were like 45 minutes to like 55 minutes each episode. But if, you, if you're like them spy thriller TV shows, definitely check this out on Netflix, In From the Cold. Nice. I, uh, as we sit here and record, I'm watching the uh, the Sixers and Pistons in the background. So mm. to have a basketball game on is really uh, fitting for my pick of the week. Um, a new HBO show, four episodes in so far of its, I want to say, 10-episode first season. Yeah, 10-episode first season. They're going to be on episode five this Sunday. And I'm talking about winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Um, it is. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. It, it. I'm happy to say of the four episodes available, three of them have been absolutely pristine, like excellent. Episode three fell off pretty hard for me. I didn't like it at all. But this episode four that just happened this past week might have been my favorite so far of the series. It's really, really good. So basically, it the professional and personal lives of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers, a team that defined an era both on and off the court. So you're looking at um, – This was John C. Riley. John C. Riley yes. is, is Dr. Jerry Buss, who owns the Lakers. You have Magic Johnson, Jerry West, Norm Nixon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So like – 
this fictional slash non-fictional look at this dynasty as it's risen. And this is like when the NBA was in the dumps and the Celtics were the, the, you know, the cream of the crop and the Lakers hadn't really won anything outside of, I believe one championship with Jerry West, maybe a couple. I'm not super big on my NBA history, which is why I really love this show. Obviously it takes a fictitious look at it and it takes a lot of creative liberties. I mean, this is Adam McKay. We're talking about the same guy who did, you know, don't look up and, and this, that, and the other. So, um, it's got an 8.4 out of 10 right now on IMDb, which is which is a really solid start. Um, it's funny. It does all the Adam McKayisms that you'd think a lot of fourth wall breaking, like an absolute ton, like middle of a conversation. John C. Riley will stop. He'll look into the camera and tell a joke or something like that. He shines. Absolutely love it. Uh, a new character that was just introduced this past week is already one of my favorite characters of the show. Jason Siegel, one of my favorite actors ever. Um, he's playing Paul Westhead, which is an assistant coach to Jack McKinney, who took over for Jerry West. Do you know what school he came from to join the Lakers? I do not. LaSalle University. Ah, nice. And they show LaSalle University in the show. Um, it's definitely not LaSalle University. I'll say that. They didn't get... A shot of said, LaSalle. no, you cannot use it. No, yeah, I know oh, they believe me. If they offered him 10 bucks, they would have done it. Uh, <laughs> LaSalle's hurting for a squirting right now monetarily. But I, uh, I'll say though, it's, it's cool to see your tiny little, you know, West Philly school, uh, or North Philly school on fucking HBO. It's very, very cool. But anyway, uh, I just, I love what this show is. It's funny. It's dark. It's brooding. It's, it's got a lot of now we're picking up into the basketball stuff. They're in training camp right now. So now they're like starting to really pick it up. And I'm just, I'm loving where it's going after a rough episode three, it's back on track. If you like basketball, if you like comedy, if you like John C. Riley, Jason Siegel, Adrian Brody, Jason Clark, um, Quincy solid Isaiah, guess. like really, really solid. Gabby Hoffman, Julianne Nicholson, um, Hale, uh, Hadley Robinson, Devon Nixon, Solomon Hughes, like tons and to Burt Cullen, we all would know. So tons and tons of great cast members. It's fan freaking tastic winning time Sunday nights. I think it's nine o'clock on HBO, but I watch it on HBO max because it's just more convenient. So that's my pick of the week winning time. The uh, Lakers dynasty on HBO. So I actually yeah. forgot that show is already out. Once I saw the trailer with John C. Riley, I was like, I'm in, I, I support anything with John C. Riley. Yeah. And you will not be disappointed. It is really just that good. So let's move into trivia. Now we have our picks of the week done. Let's get into trivia. Nine for me, eight for you. I am going to give you the question first, and I feel like you won't know the answer, but you'll get it after grand theft auto five. What's the next best selling grand theft auto game? And here's a hint. It is not like an obscure Game Boy Color PSP one or anything like that. Well, they didn't make Grand Theft Auto 6, right? So it's it's got to be something else. GTA I, 6 has not even been announced yet. No. So Form, formally. It has, but not really. Let me hear the answers. Sure. Grand Theft Auto 3. Grand Theft Auto 4. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Or Grand, uh, excuse me, excuse me, or Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And wait, what was the the title, the, the question again? What was the next best selling game after GTA Five? Was it Three, Four, Vice City, or San Andreas? San Andreas. GTA Four. And you know what's fun? I, 
until you said Andreas, I was like, it's got to be four, right? Right before five. But I don't know about San Andreas. I was like, man, people played that one. But Yeah, I think five is at like 350 million copies or something like that. Jesus Christ. GTA four is at 26 million or 40 million, something like that. Something crazy. But yeah, it's the second best. All right. So my question for you, I don't know if it's hard or easy because I didn't play the Fallout games. Oh, I've only played one of them, so I'm probably not going to know it. Well, you have a better shot than me. What is the most common form of currency in post-nuclear America? In like the Fallout games? Yes. I have no idea. Answers, please. A, bottle caps. B, NCR dollars. C, ammunition. D, chems. So I don't, I don't know if that's easy or hard, my friend. I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's NCR dollars. Is that a yes? Thing? NCR dollars. Yes. Okay. Bottle caps. What and what? Bottle caps was A. B. NCR dollars. C. Ammunition. D. Chems. I don't even know what a chem is, so that's that. I'd imagine something chemical related, given its fallout. Bottle caps is wacky. I'll go with that. It is bottle caps. Right. I just I, I just saw the I was like, really? I was like, OK, even if it, with this was a, a lava, I was like, I, I got to ask the question. In-game currencies are always weird. You know, you can you can say anything's worth a lot of money in a video game. Yeah, but I was like, bottle cap. OK, we'll roll with it. All right. Nine point five for me. Eight for you. I've gotten a little bit of breathing room. There's no way you can catch me at least next week. So that's good. Sam, let's talk about it, my friend. We are ready to go. It has been long enough. We've been waiting a long time. You've been getting me hyped as hell for this show and this character for years. One of your favorite, if not your favorite, people in the Marvel Universe, Moon Knight, Episode 1, available now, spoiler-free, ladies and gentlemen, so you can listen. Sam, I finally get to ask you this. What did you think of Moon Knight? Okay, I have to. I just have to be delicate because I, I don't want to spoil anything, but the first episode... I thought it was solid as shit. I thought it was way better than WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. I liked it better than Loki. The only one I, I can even say, I, like Hawkeye. Like yep. Hawkeye was my favorite Same. Disney Plus show. Same. And and Moon Knight, first episode. I'm, I, I don't know how you could do any better. Just when it ended, I was... I never wanted to watch <laughs> the next episode of anything else. Like, I don't like that. Like, where's that episode two? Like, you bastard. You couldn't have given us the first two episodes. But you do it for other shows that's coming? Yeah! <laughs> but I, again, they, they definitely changed a few things from the comics. Yeah, including the villain. He's a, so, one, he's a one-off. I mean, well, you know? well, the, the, well, the villain was in the comics, but he was only he in was a one-off. One yeah, so now he's so a I, big, giant I thing. Think, I think I could be way off, but I think they combined him with the sun god. Okay. I think. Okay. Could be wrong. Could be completely wrong, but that's kind of the vibes I'm getting. And and I'm not even going to pretend that I can, ha- you know, pronounce e- Egyptian things. So uh, <laughs> just please, for the love of gosh, if you've seen this and you're following along, I'm sorry for the butchering that is about to happen. <laughs> Amet, Amet, Amet. Yeah, Amet. Yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, Amet. Um, I I loved how they made Kanchu look. That's from uh, I believe it was. Warren Ellis's run yeah, in yeah, 2014. That's I think it. that's his the run. 2014 run. And it yeah. looks almost identical. 
yeah to ellis's run and voiced by f murray abraham i i absolutely he's a great fantastic actor and i I, think he was a great role for this i swore and even though i knew it wasn't him i swore it was jk simmons it sounded just really i I didn't hear i I didn't get that i got i got got a jk simmons meets venom vibe from the inner voice oh 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 okay i see what you're saying okay but just more serious and not as stupid not as stupid yeah i mean he says like he well the first line he says is something he calls him like an idiot or dumb or something and i'm like whoa that sounds like jk simmons meets the idiots back (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah i i thought you know i thought similar things i want to keep letting you roll you're on a roll i I don't want to i don't want to interrupt i i do the first thing i remember when i first watched the trailer and like before we watched this episode i was like "Mm, his accent like it kind of threw me off because when i'm reading when I'm reading Moon Knight, I never, you know, there is no accent in my head for him. But the way hearing Oscar Isaac say it was a way of him to separate. So the audience, because again, not every audience is going to know Moon Knight, know his his backstory. Unless you read the comics, you don't know idea. But for, from what they did and, and, and his accent of saying, hey, this is Stephen Grant. And then, you, you know, obviously we will say you will see him in Mark Spector in this episode. And I just loved how he played. I loved that camera angle shot. I loved what he brought. Um, I, I, I didn't know how I'd feel about the accent, but it kind of grew on me. Mm-hmm. Like me and Damien, we were laughing at the one line where he says, latest Gators. <laughs> and his accent, me and him was like, that's how we want to end every conversation. I was later Gators. I, I thought that was that was funny. Um, there's definitely, there's a lot of Easter eggs in here that there's no way you know what it is. Like in, if you didn't read the comics, you don't. You, it flew right over your head. And I, I, I'll wait. I'll wait until we do spoilers because I, I want to see if they do something with a certain character or not. Yeah, because they definitely tease something, but I, I don't know if it was a statue or you know you always have them actors that kind of just hold them places for a long time in that one spot and they don't move that that street art or whatever you want to call it. I, I want to see if there's something more with that there. Mm-hmm. I'll the leave stat- it at that. The statue guy. Yes. Well, every, everybody's speculating that. I mean, you know, he's the, again, when, when we say no spoilers, we mean there's not going to be plot specific spoilers or like something like that, but we got there. There's going to have to be some things we're going to have to talk about. And the man talking to a statue at this time is not a spoiler. So like, I'm with you. There's gotta be a reason they put, you know, they put a statue there for him to talk to because I know what it shows and what it's supposed to illustrate, but I think you're right. There's more to that. And I, I didn't look into what it could be. New Rockstars has a video about that. I didn't look at that. As, as soon yet. as I saw the statue, I knew immediately what it was. Stanley like, cameo? <laughs> de- definitely not. Stanley <laughs> had nothing to do with Moon Knight. Well, he is a statue right now. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was wrong. That was mean. But well, he's a legend. But um, uh, I, 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 I want to say, but I, I don't because I, I want to see if they, they play on it. So yeah. I'll leave it. I'll, I will just let that sit. But know that I caught it. He's Mephisto. I get it. I understand. I did see someone say that in that comment. I was like, I'll I'll throw that person out the window if I catch that person. No, no, no Mephisto rumors here. How did you think Ethan Hawke came across as Arthur Harrow? Uh, It's it's Ethan Hawke, man. I I, I, I love the guy. I think he's a great actor. He I loved him since Training Day. That was still probably one of his best movies he ever did. Um, I loved I loved the music. You know, you, you, you start off, I believe it was Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. and then later it went into 
Engelbert Humperdinck. The only reason I even know who that is is my mom loves him, and years ago she saw him in concert and said he was great. So to hear all Engelbert's the old tune come back, I was I was like, holy shit! And then of course we get a little wham action, which you can't go wrong with wham during so, so, a high speed chase scene. Which yes, is, I thought very poetic, very nice. And and like so far, their their music is ten out of ten. I, I love the score. I love the tone. I love how it was shot. I love how how they brought like how they they show you pieces of Egypt and kind of he works for um uh he's a what is his job he is a uh, a, a clerk at a, a at a museum a candy in a museum he's a, a stupid job but in the comics Stephen Grant is like a, a millionaire billionaire you know playboy. So they definitely changed his Stephen Grant. Like he obviously knows about like Egyptian history because, you know, he, he explains a couple things in the beginning. But other than that, he just kind of seems like a, a bumbling idiot. Um, yeah, with a chain around his ankle, sand around his bed and blue painter's tape on his door. Totally normal stuff. Just, yeah. just totally normal. I use you know, it. A couple red flags, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you bring a lady back there, she might get some ideas with that chain. I'll tell yes. you. And I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I love the tone of it. I loved how it started. You know, I, I, I didn't hear anyone really complain. A lot of people say, "Oh, there's not like yeah. action, like, well, like Halo." I didn't need it. I didn't need it though. I didn't need action in this because I don't know the character, and that's why I think the people that like Halo or di- didn't play the games because they don't need the constant action. They want to get yeah. to know the character. Me as a non Moon Knight reader, I want to spend time getting to know the character and don't need the action. We thought. That there was a scene in the trailer that is in this episode where we everybody speculated, oh, that's him beating the shit out of Werewolf by Night. But now we know, after you watch that episode, that trailer was a little misleading, or at least the speculation around it. And that's just about all the action we needed outside of a big car chase. And I am totally okay with that because I wanted to know more about Steven yeah. and Mark and all of the, his goings on. Because like I want them to focus on his personality and getting to know him before just realizing he's some badass. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of that. That's why I really think I like this episode. This is my favorite premiere of any Disney Plus show outside of Hawkeye. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I, I basically said the same thing. You did I, say the same thing. Yeah. And we completely agree there. We just come from a little bit different angle because yeah. you have a real affinity for Moon Knight. And I, the only attachment I have of him is the one that you have because you've told me about <laughs> him for so long. So I finally get to see it in action and it's paid off so far. I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, I will, uh, like I thought Ethan Hawke was really good. I like cults. I like that whole thing. Like I'm, I'm always been, I've always been fascinated by the idea of cults. So to have him kind of be a cult leader and for him to mention the name Hitler, it almost brings the MCU into our real world when they do that. Like Pokemon one time said something like, he lives in Colorado or something like that. I'm like, whoa, really? This is the same universe now? Like we're yeah. in that we're in that realm. And so like <laughs> I like that. And when they were in the um museum and he says something about our avatars and he goes, Oh, the blue people love that movie. Oh, anime. It's like that, that was funny. That the, was funny. Those little breaks in the seriousness that they weren't trying to overtly be hilarious. They were just subtly yeah. put in there. I yeah. really, really enjoyed that. So I really don't have any complaints about this episode. I didn't, you know, I didn't watch it and think, Oh, that's super dumb. I was really super invested in it. And so I, uh, I got nothing but two thumbs up for the first episode of the show. I'm like you probably not as much as you. I'm like you though. I cannot wait till next Wednesday. I think it's just going to be a really fun ride. I think the way they're going, the only downside could be in six episodes, they got 
a lot of story to tell, but also have to like get somewhere. So it's like a really yeah. fine balance that they have to do of like, do we over introduce you to this character? Cause he has multiple personalities. He's got to know more. We have to know more about Mark. We only saw him in the mirror for 10 seconds. And now we know what moon Knight looks like. So like they have two other characters now to balance out and they only got five episodes left to do it. So, and then they got to really introduce like uh, MacGuffin and you know what I mean? Like the, the things that he has to do, the stakes, like where are the stakes so far, what's going on. So I think they have a lot of work to do, but I don't have, I have faith that they're going to do it. One thing that I said to, it's funny, right before the podcast, Nico texted me, he's like, my buddies to me, how'd you like Moon Knight? Would, would you think about it? And I said, one thing I could say is it felt fresh. It wasn't the the rinse, wash, repeat Marvel corny shit that we've been seeing for the last 10 years. This kind of brought me back to like when Iron Man first had like that movie, like boom, there's Iron Man. Like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it, it was something fresh. It was new. This, Marvel needed this. Because, like we, we said, they're, they're Disney Plus shows. They, I, I, besides Hawkeye, I, I truly feel all the other three fell short. I'm not, that, that's just me personally. I really think that they needed to go to that more darker character. Is Moon Knight in the, in the comics, he's brutal. He beats the shit out of people. He gets his ass kicked and he just keeps coming back. And like, I, I don't think they, they've showed us anything like that before. You know, like I, we needed this. There is blood too. There is blood. So uh, especially when he's holding something in his hand and they focus on it, yep. and his hand is just covered in blood. Yep. And it's nice to see Disney plus kind of go in there. It also has some, like I was telling this to Ashley, I said like some basic horror elements, like some jump scare stuff. Oh yeah. Like there's a spot where Khonshu is like, they close up on him pretty quickly and it's like kind of a jump scare. And then like, you, you know what the it kind of, of reminded hall. me of a little bit? Beetlejuice. Mm. Just kind of like when they kind of morph later, like, you know, and they kind of like morph a little bit and he kind of has that, that, that face that Alec Baldwin has. Oh, that, yeah. It just gave me that vibes a little bit. I was like, okay, cool. I, I like, oh even my though, God. Yeah. Totally. You see what I'm saying? So it, I, I, I forgot I mean, about that. I love the, the long, with the long pointy nose. Exactly. Even though that's what Helly drew Contra in fourteen, I get it, but that just yeah. it just reminded me of Beetlejuice, yeah. which I, the, I mean, please take that as a compliment because it's a great move. Yeah, there's also like that that I forget like it's a fictional thing. It's like a white mask with like a long nose and like a hood. I can't remember what it is, but that that reminded me of that too. I, but overall, listen, I I honestly um, went into this with zero expectation. I was hyped because you were hyped. I'm very into it. I like it a lot. I think it's one of those shows that was vague enough to like for the new people, it gave you just enough, but it still left it really, really vague. Like if you don't know that he has multiple personality disorder, they never like say it. Like what I love about this show is that there's not a scene of him in his medicine cabinet, opening it with like a bunch of orange bottles. Yeah. Like that typical shot of somebody who's on meds and like, or like the shot when somebody's an alcoholic of them pouring the vodka, staring in a mirror for 10 minutes and then taking a drink like that prototypical stuff. I really thought it broke a lot of those uh, tropes. And like you said, for a Disney show, for a Disney plus Marvel show, it broke some of the tropes there. Like it, it is the darkest show of them all. And we're only one episode in. So I think like, ushering that in right around the time the Marvel Netflix shows come to Disney plus. And like now that Disney plus is starting to get that grit to it. And it's really feeling like, all right, it's not just frozen two thirty-three 33 times a day. 
we got something else here for us now. And it's, it gives me faith. Now the next two shows, she Hulk and miss Marvel are probably going to take that back a notch a little bit. So it's like, if this hits, this is what we're going to be able to hang to for quite a while. So, um, I don't know. My only fear is like six episodes isn't going to be enough and I'm going to want more. I mean, I think regardless, I think we're going to want more. And I think the people are going to want more because you're showing the world on Moon Knight. Not everyone knows who Moon Knight was. But now looking at reviews so far, it's got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. 8.7 on IMDb too. So like that's great. And the one review, it's enjoyable and refreshingly weird. And that's it. I I would say it's exactly what we needed. We Marvel needed a shakeup. I'm tired of watching the same copy and paste movie. This show is something different. Yes, they changed a few things to the comics. I get it. I doubt we're going to see Jake Lockley, even though I, I love that persona of him. But I mean, maybe he could show at the end. But the only thing so far that they you know teased in the, in the trailers before this episode was Mr. Knight, Moon Knight, Stephen Grant, and Mark Spector. So I don't know if we're ever going to see Jake Lockley. I always liked that character, that his persona, because. That's how he kind of found out dirt on the street, being in a taxi cab, driving around. Mm-hmm. I hope they bring that in at some point, but I understand if they don't. I mean, you're trying to juggle three, four characters. Khonshu, you're trying to tell the story. You're going to introduce villains. So there's, you can't probably do all that in six episodes. So if they kind of save that for season two and that he kind of evolves and maybe gets better control of his multiple personality disorder, that is, I, I think, is hopefully the way they're going to go for Moon Knight. Yeah. Any other things that stood out to you? Anything that maybe didn't didn't hit for you before we move on? I uh, I will. The only thing I'll say the one Easter egg, um, just something in his cell phone, where one name in there pops yeah, up. Yeah, that, it begins with a D. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So in in the comics, that character is very is 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 big for for Moon Knight and, and Mark Spector. So hopefully we will see that name pop up. Again, rather than just, I hope they don't just throw it away as a little Easter egg in the phone. I really want to see him because this person is, you know, like, like Alfred is to Batman. This character is to, to Mark Spector. So I, I, I cannot recommend the show enough. I, I give it a shot. It's on Disney plus it's one episode. I, I, I truly think it's better than anything you've seen in Disney plus before. It's right next to Hawkeye. Do you want to know my one silly gripe? And it's silly. I don't actually don't i don't actually dislike it i just i rolled my eyes a little bit what um now i know mark specter got it steven is a personality got it i understand that so i want to go into this little little pit nitpick with that in mind that i know he's a personality but when he shows up to a date and and he's a vegan and he gets a steak and the guy says what cut and he says the good cut which is fine that's funny but then when the guy says how do you want it done and he says I don't know the best way. And the guy says, well done. Who the fuck gets a steak? Well, done? okay. You know, it's funny. That was, that was Damien's nitpick. He said that to me in, in IG and I said, you know what? He's a vegetarian. Maybe he has no but, idea. Because no, I understand that. But what 30 year old person doesn't understand the difference between rare medium and well done. We all know it, even if we don't eat it. Well, I mean, again, you weren't a vegan at birth. It just doesn't happen. Well, I actually, actually, Greg, um, sorry, you I'm going to have to blow your spot up here. So the reason I guess I, I totally believe this was it, uh, I think it was the year before Baltimore or the year before COVID Baltimore comic-con, uh, across the street from the con, there's a restaurant bar, whatever. So I remember it was me, Dom, Yaniv, and I think Gene was there and, you know, we all get burgers, you know, I get mine, you know, medium. I think he was uh, dominated medium as well. And, 
he was still looking at you know or he wasn't paying attention and he was yeah i guess i'll take i'll take a, a cheeseburger as well there was how would you like that cook he looked up confused and said raw <laughs> the entire tape we you've said this story to me in per- in behind Greg, the yeah, we freaking died <laughs> laughing at all, like it was like that's why to me that scene didn't bother because that's my buddy one, that's one person i get just, it though i get it there's a personal in there for you but like and, and, that's, dude, and that's, that's a my, damn truth. But that's not my nitpick, though. My yeah, nitpick okay. isn't that he didn't know. My nitpick okay. was when he said the good one, the waiter said, well done. Like, why is that the good one? Medium. So, if no, Medium I, is the safe place. If nothing else, medium yeah. well. Okay. That, 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 the, the waiter should have been way more experienced and said, you would like it They're medium. They're at a fancy-ass yeah. restaurant. This, yeah. this maitre d', I'll call him, because he's one step up from a waiter. The man knows his shit, thinks the good steak is the well-done yeah. steak, especially a center-cut filet. You don't and, get a center-cut filet. And, no, well and there's done. some um, like chef that literally take that as an insult. That, like, we'll, absolutely. Like, like, we'll come to your guy. table like, no, I cannot give it to you well done. I'm a simple <laughs> fat guy, and I take offense to it. Like, I'm not even a chef. Uh, I just yeah. thought that that was a little silly when he was like, all right, well done. Like, that's your go-to for people to do. Well fucking done? No, give me a little bit of pink. Just a little. <laughs> all right. Just in the center. <laughs> that's it. Just a little. Well, we all. Uh, <laughs> dude, did I tell you? Real quick. I, I just, I'll get back on track. Did I tell you the story about Valentine's Day this past, uh, this past one when I took Ashley out to Outback? Uh, no, I remember I telling you I was there. Because yeah, I don't, I don't Jeff Grubb and, and Mike Minotti both retweeted the interview while we were there, while I was there. So okay, I remember, you, were, you were freaking out at dinner. Yeah, okay, I remember yeah, that. It was lunch, and I remember telling, texting you that I was there, but I don't think I told you what happened. I got a filet, um, and I, I asked for it medium. I get it. It's rare as fuck. Like, I'm talking you cut into it. It was barely a sear on the outside. Like, they just oh. think this thing was mooing. And so <laughs> I took a bite, and I was like, <sighs> It's so delicious. Like, cause I'm, I feel bad. It's Valentine's day. I just wanted to keep the process moving. I didn't want to, you know, yeah. and the guy walks by the waiter and Ashley's in a bathroom and I'm just like trying to get through the steak. And he looks at me, he knows I'm invisible discomfort, like eating this raw ass piece of meat. And he goes, we fucked up. Didn't we? Oh my God. It's <laughs> like, hold on, dude. I'm not even done. I'm not even done. I said a little bit. Yeah. Um, I ordered it medium. If you could just go throw it on for me, like that would be great. Just recook it. And so he says, no problem. He comes back five minutes later, right? He comes back with a sirloin, not even a filet. Mother motherfuckers. Well done. Like burnt to a crisp. And I was like, this motherfucker gave me somebody else's shit. <laughs> like he didn't read, uh-huh. just throw mine on. He gave me the wrong cut. Da, 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 da. So I felt bad. So I ate the whole thing and I'm like, just, I just, Went about my merry way, kept eating my blooming onion because that was the only thing that was any good. And so I just like accepted it. I said, I yeah. just fucked myself out of a steak. Like, we're good. <laughs> so he comes by, he goes, Was that better? I'm like, listen, I said, listen, I know that I did I know that I ate it, but I did that out of like feeling bad because I didn't want to tell you again that you gave me the wrong cut and it was overcooked this time. And he said, You know what we're gonna do? Your meal's on me. Oh wow. My entire steak, blooming onion, drink side all of it i paid like 35 bucks for the two of us oh shit i was so. like you guys gotta mess somewhere off <laughs> see like when i'm in a restaurant like i'm like you i i don't send anything back i remember one time oh, where, where the hell are we at oh uh i think it was chilies lady comes there was i think it might have been me and alex eating I, I i got i got i think a burger or something but the sandwich that she gave me was like a piece of chicken and something else. And I remember I looked at it and in my head, I'm like, 
this ain't my sandwich. But, but I ate it anyway. And then after the meal, the lady came up to me. She goes, I am so sorry. I gave you guys 25% off your order. I gave you the wrong the wrong food and you ate it. I thank you so much, sweetie. I appreciate it. I was like, ah, no problem. It is what it is. We were but, down, we were down in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and we were at Land Sharks on the boardwalk, and I ordered cheeseburger sli- or I'm sorry, I ordered hamburger sliders. No cheese. You know me. Back then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. a cheese guy. This was seven years ago. And so I just wasn't a cheese guy. So I get them and they're slathered. They got American and cheddar all over them. I'm so pissed off. It's Tom Flynn, me, Pope, Ash, John Mayo, all of us. And so uh, I said, miss, and this is why I don't like taking food back. I said, miss, I asked for no cheese. I'm allergic to dairy, which I'm not. I am definitely, um, uh, 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 oh my God, what's the thing? Jesus. Lactose intolerant. Thank you. Lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant. Jesus, I can't talk. And so. But I'm not allergic to dairy. I just like to say it so they don't fuck it up or that when they do, they feel bad. So they take it back. I'm talking 35 seconds later. She comes out with these sliders again. And when I look down, would you believe it? Dude, there's the corners of the cheese still on the burger. And I'm like, you just went back there and handpicked this off yourself and then brought it back to me. Like this is an absolute Pro- And joke. probably picked it with her bare hands. Bare hands. I guarantee it was bare hand job. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say a bare hand job. That sounds weird. I was going to say, man, what are they doing at Land Sharks? <laughs> that sounds real weird. But they, dude, she just peeled what she peeled and just walked right back out with a smile on her face. And that's why I don't want to return food because, like, ew. You know what dude, I mean? We seen waiting. That's it. Right. I don't send so, nothing back. So I always feel bad about ending the story how I do. And I'll tell you the truth. Um, uh, I I paid that night and um, I didn't tip. I crossed, my, I crossed my sliders out myself. I put $0. I only wrote the number that I was willing to pay on the receipt and in where it said tip, I wrote, don't peel my cheese off with your fingers. <laughs> Something like this paraphrasing, but yeah, that, yeah. that is a true story. And when I looked at my card statement, they only charged me for, for what I wrote down. So there's just oh. a, there's a little trip down the old moon night memory food lane there. I like that. That was a fun little diversion. It. Yeah. Now, now we're like 35 minutes into the show <laughs> and we should probably get moving. Cause I'm tired. Uh, let's move on, Sam. Anything you want to end Moon Knight on before we before we get going? I just cannot wait for episode two. How that ended? Woo. Yeah, totally agree. Go check it out, Moon Knight Disney Plus. We'll be back in two weeks to do our halfway point, and then at the end of C episode six, we will do our full spoiler cast. And I look very forward to that one. Moving on, the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi will drop not on May 25th on a Wednesday. They're moving it back to Friday, which was their actual original release day just for this one. I don't know. Maybe Wednesdays aren't working for them anymore as much, but May 27th. But they're not just doing one episode. They're doing two. Why couldn't you do this with Moon Knight? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, obviously, this is fantastic news. Everyone can't wait to see Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen back as Vader. This is pr- probably going to be, I imagine, it, it, it if it is anything less than Mandalorian, they failed. Well, May 27th is a stacked day. They're going up against Top Gun Maverick, and they're going up against Stranger Things. I just wonder what the thought process was there. That's, yeah, a, really think, tough, that's a really think, tough show to go up against. I was going to say, you would think you'd want to go up on Wednesday, the 25th, get a two-day head start, get a couple extra views, and... I don't know because they're I mean, competing. But- they're competing services, which is number one. Number two, 
they are similar age ranges of people like target audience. Like Stranger Things is not a kid show. I would feel like it's an audience of our age. Similar to Obi-Wan is right around our age and older, obviously the original Star Wars fans. So maybe a little bit more skewed in the direction of Star Wars, but going up against it on the same day with only two episodes when Stranger Things is dropping six or seven, that just seems like a baffling decision. Wednesday's yeah. wide open, dude. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do love their Wednesday release. At first, I thought I might not like it, but, you know, again, H- Halo drops on Wednesdays too. So no, it's thir- Thursdays for Halo. Oh, is it Thursday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that's uh, right. I did watch it today. I, for whatever reason, I thought it came out yesterday. One, two, three, four, five. It will be episode five of Moon Knight on the 27th. So it's not competing against the Moon Knight finale. Either. Uh, okay, that's right. Moon Knight's. Okay. Oh, that's it. Then it makes more sense. Oh, wait. Sense. No, wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. It's May 27th. Never mind. Moon Knight will be way over. Moon Knight will be way, way over. Okay. So then we're back. I don't get the move. <laughs> Should have kept yeah, it on Wednesday. No, we're, we're back to I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, you don't want to go up against Stranger Things because everything they're saying now is, or with the interview I saw, uh, David Harbour was saying, this is going to be the best season that you guys wait and see. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if somebody out there wants to uh, you know, f- DM us, whatever, the reason, maybe you looked into it more than we did and found why they're moving back and specifically why they're okay with competing with Stranger Things. It's like, it's like a game saying, you know, there's this thing called Elden Ring coming out on the 25th of February. We should launch then too. Let's see how we do up against them. I, I mean, feel again. like we're okay. It's like, no, Elden Ring sold the most copies of any game and it's like, in the last two years like there's no it's a silly move it's just a silly i mean move. again it is obi-wan everyone loves it. we all love ewan mcgregor so I, maybe they're just like screw it's star wars it's obi-wan it's vader they're going to see it no matter what sure but then they're done after two episodes and have to wait another week but for stranger things you can binge it in one day if you want so it's like as a so, consumer that's a lot that's eight or nine episodes of content in one day for you between two shows like that's not a consumer friendly move. That's a lot. And especially because they're different genres on different networks, doing different things. But uh, honestly, I honestly, I would probably, I probably will watch Obi-Wan before I watch Stranger Things. Just not a just, chance just, in blue hell that I'll do that. Not a chance in blue. I, I mean, I'm it, going to because Ashley doesn't care about Obi-Wan. So I'll watch that in the morning and I'll watch Stranger Things at night. Yeah. So, so it I, makes sense. Know. I'll, just, I'll it, watch Obi Wan first, but I don't want to. In my head, it's just okay. Two episodes is going to be easier to digest than banging out eight episodes in, in a day. You know what I mean? So I, maybe I could hopefully space that Stranger Things out to that whole weekend. I agree. It's just tough because with Stranger Things, you just know spoilers are going to be everywhere. You just know it. Yeah. And it's a show that I feel is very bingeable. I'm not a huge binger nowadays. Like I'm like three, four episodes max for me. But Stranger Things is the one show where I'm like, I could watch this shit all fucking day. And, and, and I think that's the first three seasons. That was every ending of the episode. You're like, I, I, I can't stop now. All right, we'll do one more. Is that is that Deb in a pool? Like getting sucked? Yeah, I think I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so a baffling decision, but a good one nonetheless, because while I said it's not consumer friendly because it competes, it is consumer friendly because... It's two episodes, not one. So you kind of take the bad with the good. So, uh, all right. House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones. I'm wearing my Game of Thrones shirt in in commemoration of this news. Uh, The Game of Thrones, the first prequel that that we're going to be getting, at least prequel series on HBO Max, has a release date. Get ready, everybody. We're getting the Targaryens on August 21st. I don't know why in my head I didn't think it was going to come out this year. I just expected it to get pushed and come out 2023. I don't know why. 
Mm, they they had said pretty early 2022, and they haven't talked. How many, how many shows it. or games said here's this release date and pushed it back? I will say this: of all the three media that we tend to cover, TV gets delayed the least. Like TV tends to not get a release date until closer. Like they tend to wait on TV a lot of times and just say, all right, next month or two months from now, it's coming out. And they like hold the news where gaming, you need a couple months to build up hype and marketing and for it to go gold and get pressed. Movies have been delayed more than anything. I mean, movies have gotten fucked up the ass. And a little bit of that is just because the theaters themselves being tough. But TV tends to not be super duper delayed. Like when I go through the things that have been delayed since COVID, what really has been that I care about? Not really too much. So I had faith that this was going to happen. The only time TV really gets delayed is if there's a problem on set, whether there was a COVID outbreak or, or what have you. But like, yeah. I really can't remember a big giant TV show that got pushed over the last two years. I'm sure I'm missing one. I mean, Stranger Things, I guess, technically. Yeah, they did. delayed a whole year. They delayed a long time. So I guess that's one. But really not much else. I mean, Moon Knight got pushed. Again, Disney, they definitely shuffled some shows. And To be fair, though, Stranger Things technically never got delayed. They just never announced a time. True, true. So they just waited and waited and fucking waited. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I am hyped as hell for this show. But at the same time, like, god damn. I just, I, I just can't believe we're going we're back. We're going man. back. That's, that's where I'm we're at. Going it's like, back. It's like, are we going to get season one through five here, or are we going to get season six through eight? And like, I'm, I'm at a point where if you don't hit me hard in one, in episode one, I'm going to have a bad taste in my mouth. Like Halo, I legitimately have a terrible taste in my mouth right now. I am not enjoying that show, and I'm giving it every chance. I just Ep- episode episode two was 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 a slow burner. There was literally no action. It they was rougher than the fun. toilet paper I bought at the dollar store. It is just mm-hmm. it is not good. So and he had his helmet on for four minutes, dude. If that, like, <laughs> he put it on at the forty three minute mark, took it off in the next scene, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't John Spartan one one seven Master Chief. This is Pablo. His name Sanchez? is Pablo. Yeah, right. He's like, pick me, pick me, baseball, baseball. Like, fuck, man. I don't like Pablo Shriver in this role. I'm I'm going on a tangent. We're talking about the Targaryens, and I went off and <laughs> talked about the Spartans. I understand that. We've gone off enough this show. I mean, holy shit, guys. We, we started talking about, you know, restaurants. food orders. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always the best content. But uh, I'm excited. I definitely – I want it, but again – there is so much coming out this year that I hope this doesn't get lost in the sauce. I with the way HBO does it, Game of Thrones. I I hope we're going to get a trailer, a nice big trailer is going to. It's got to drop it sometime in April. You got to you got to hype up the show. Yeah, I could see no later than May us getting a trailer for sure. Like three months is is even cutting it. So yeah, and because they gave us the release date now, it's like all right, March give the release date. Everybody's hyped. You give a trailer in April. Blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of start the big marketing push in May. They gave us a bunch of images of characters. They all look the same because they're Targaryens, but whatever. Um, I'm excited. Stephen King's It is probably, it hasn't been like super uber officially announced by HBO, but it's been very heavily, heavily rumored by a bunch of credible sources that it is getting a prequel series called Welcome to Dairy coming to HBO Max. It'll be It, I'm sorry, it'll be Pennywise's origin. Okay, that, that was going to be my question. So it's going to be his origin. Okay. Part, I mean, part, I'm sorry. Part of the show will be his origin. That's not going to be the show. Okay. It'll be a, a big part of. 
I mean, again, the first, the, the movie they made, part one and two, they made millions of dollars. The first one was fantastic. Second one was good, but I don't think it was as good as the first one. So I'd be interested to see the prequel of, you know, Welcome to Derry. I will not care in the least. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. It's not a show <laughs> for me. I don't care about the movies. I didn't like chapter one. I thought part two was just trying to be a jump scare fest that didn't work at all. And that's that just I'm, I'm out as they say Ella Purnell, AKA Jackie from yellow jackets has been cast in a leading role alongside Walton Goggins for Amazon primes fallout series. And she, she was, she was definitely really good in, in yellow jackets. It's outside still- of her final scene of the season. I thought that was dumb as shit. But the rest of it, she was. Yeah, the I, best. I, I truly, I was like, that's how they're going to do her. Okay. She was my favorite teen character of the 96 timeline. She was my favorite. So yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely interested to see her in another role. She's British. And then she did a very, very convincing New Jersey accent for the. Yeah, I had no idea she was British. Yeah. So holy shit. I, um, I'm very, very interested. Jackie had a lot of depth and a lot of dynamic as a character. And and I think Ella Purnell really brought that out in her. So for her to be in this post-apocalyptic, you know, alongside Walton Goggins, who you don't know what you're going to get, serious Walton or like Vice Principals Walton. And so I'm here for either, either or. I'm, I, no, I, assume, I assume he's he might be a bad guy because he does play a great bad guy. Watch Justified. Yeah, but I, I never played the games, but I'm going to dive in. It will be really interesting to see these two on screen together. I feel like there could be chemistry out the wazoo. I'm really excited for this, for sure. Now, I'm going to take it over in gaming, and it's finally been revealed. PlayStation's Project Spartacus. Yeah, and its new name is PlayStation Plus, which it has has been for 10 years. Um, So basically, this Project Spartacus turned out to be what everybody was rumoring it to be. It's just a rebrand of PlayStation plus and PlayStation now. And they're kind of combining them. They're dropping PlayStation now, combining it with PlayStation plus adding a few more perks. Um, and so let's break that down because there's good, there's bad, there's ugly. And the good, I'm going to start with this. The good is if you currently are a PlayStation plus and PlayStation now user, which there's only about 4 million of them, because PlayStation now only has about 4 million subscribers. It's not a very, it's a pretty fledgling service. Hence why they've combined it. If you are one of the folks that does both good for you, your price isn't changing and you're getting a lot more content. So that's very, very good to me for everyone else. It's either bad or ugly and something that I personally am not interested in. So there's, there's going to be like a three tiered structure. You have essentials, you have, uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, and you have PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the big, sexy one that everybody's talking about. That will ar- obviously be the one that, if like you and I were to dive in, that's the one we're going to go at. Right now, what we have is considered the essential because that's just the ten dollar a month or sixty dollar a year plan, and that's going to basically stay the same. Provides all the benefits that PlayStation Plus members get today. Um, so that's that. So now it's just being called PlayStation Plus Essential. Then there's PlayStation Plus Extra. The benefits include all the benefits from Essential, but as a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games um, that are available for stream or download. That's $14.99 monthly or $100 annual. That is PlayStation Plus mixed with PlayStation Now. That's all it is. Nothing different. You're just getting PlayStation Now. 
So really, pretty pointless first two tiers uh, because people already have those. There's really nothing at all new to them. Now let's get into the piece that is A, the most controversial, B, it's going to be the most popular, and C, the thing we're going to be spending most of our time talking about is PlayStation Plus Premium. You get the benefits of Essential and Extra. So basically you get PS Plus and PS Now. Then you add up to 340 additional games, which sounds fantastic. Uh, PS3 games, PS1 games, PS2 games, and PSP games. So literally exactly what the rumors were saying. I I feel a butt coming. Here's the downside. The PS3 games will only be available via cloud streaming. And with PS1, 2, and PSP, some will be download, but others will be streaming. And if you got to tell me that I have to cloud stream a PS1 or PSP game, even a PS2 game, that's a tough pill to swallow. So uh, it takes up internet. It consumes a ton of bandwidth. There will be data caps. There already are for a lot of ISPs for home service. And that just sucks the life out of your bandwidth. Then you'll get throttled and overcharged. Luckily, right now on the East Coast, we don't have them, but we're gonna. They were gonna last year, and they held off on it. So it's it's coming. So I don't love that. Um, offers cloud streaming access for, uh, let's see, yeah, the basically the PS Now stuff, and then time limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so you can try games before you buy them. That is eighteen dollars a month or for the annual price of 120. So when you heard that before I give my opinion, now that you know and we'll we'll stick to premium. Right now both of us technically we have the essential as both of us speak now. Yeah. This by the way is coming in June. Now that you know what you know, what is your incentive to upgrade to the premium and what do you think about it? I mean like like you said, I I think it really depends where you live at. Um how could your internet? Do you have a PlayStation 5? Not everyone is, of course, like I, I went on Twitter. I saw everyone saying, oh, here we go. I don't feel like streaming games. This isn't for me. I, I, I read I read a lot of it, and they're not wrong. Uh, my, my thought is hopefully this is PlayStation's kind of getting their foot in the door. Like there's no way they're going to compete with Game Pass. There's no way they would just start Game Pass. They're, they're not on that level yet. So they had to have a stepping stone. That, that That's what I, I would like to believe. Um, I, I thought the price point was okay. It, it it wasn't like, oh my god, way too much money, I'm out. But I, I necessarily wasn't even going to be in in the first place. I still have all the games to PS1, PS3, PS4. But I still have them games I want to play. But I told you but way before we started the podcast a couple days ago that I may just pick it up just to see how it plays on the PS5, just to see how much is it lagging, if at all. I assume it's going to, you know, depending on what's going on in the house, who's using the Wi-Fi, stuff like that. But I'm, I'm interested but I, I think it's a start. You know what I mean? A, 18 to start point. Maybe they should have just went with 15 or something like that for the first point. Would tell us three extra dollars. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of like somewhere in the middle. My thing is, if it's a stepping stone, $18 for a stepping stone does not sit well with me. Because if it's a stepping stone, you're going to add more. That means you're eventually going to pr- increase the price. Now we're going to 20 bucks a month. And like, if it's a stepping stone, you're telling me for 18 bucks a month, which is $3 more than game pass ultimate, which is game pass plus Xbox live that I only get game trials, which 
You know, there is no day one like Game Pass, which is not a deal breaker for me. Quite frankly, I like that that's going to stick with just Xbox because it gives Xbox that one advantage. Um, And also streaming PS3. I understand the PS3 was a fucking dumb machine and like it made it incredibly difficult to emulate games on that. But if you were to have your, your Sony PlayStation, you can absolutely develop over the years and years and years to develop a PS3 emulator that you can either patch in or have available in the PS5. Don't tell me that that's not available. You created the damn machine, no matter how tough the innards were and how tough it was to develop on, you can still do it. So if I have to play the resistance games via streaming, I'll just skip the resistance games. I'm not going to play a single player offline game online. It doesn't make sense. I hate the thought of doing it. The last thing I want to do is be in the middle of a really difficult firefight. I'm on the last bit of health. I go to fire. It lags and somebody kills me because I couldn't see what I was doing. And now I just lost all my progress. It's not an enjoyable way to play games. I look at Nintendo Switch and the dumb shit that they do to be able to get these big titles on their console. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Resident Evil 7. They're the cloud versions. Guys. Nintendo Switch, why would you play those games on the Switch? They're fucking streamed. Don't yeah. play them there. Play them on Game Pass or on PlayStation, somewhere better. But you're telling me that Square Enix decided to take a PS2 game, Kingdom Hearts 1, and instead of making it run on the Switch, which it can, they decided to do the cloud version for $60, and people ate it up. Why? Because it's cheaper and because it's easier. And that's what I feel Sony's doing here. They don't want they don't want to invest the technology to make things backwards compatible and have native downloads of PlayStation 3 and all of 1, 2, and PSP. They'd rather just take the cheap route because game streaming is cheaper. And if you get millions of subs for $18 a month, well, boy, howdy, 1 million people just gave you $18 million a month. So, like... I, I understand the logistics behind why they're doing it and like the monetary reasons, but it is so unconsumer friendly for a price point that quite frankly, $3 more than game pass can suck a butt. It yeah. can just suck a butt. Like say, like hearing that, knowing that it doesn't have like the day one of the big releases, you think maybe a nine ninety nine starting point would have been a, a nice way to get under game pass. Cause you're not on their level. So why would you be charging more? 1299 and I'd be fine. Because game trials could be cool. Like, I forget what game just did it, but it gave a five-hour trial of the game, and then your progress carried over to the main one if you chose chose to buy it. It was a big title. I can't remember what game it was, but it was like, you know what? That's really cool. That's the way we should be doing it. And if I have to pay $18 a month to get free trials, I'll pay $60 for the fucking game. Yeah. I don't I hate that back in the PS three and especially the 360 era, almost every big game came with a demo, not a timed demo, not a time to trial, a literal demo Bioshock. The reason I love that game is because I just on a whim downloaded this demo of it and fell in love because of a demo. What happened to them? They don't exist anymore. Almost no games get demos. It's always a timed trial. You can get a a trial if you pre-order it for fucking five or $10. It's like, what? are we doing i think this was a cheap move at a too high of a price point for a company that can make the mistake they are sony they have the most revenue they will be fine and this is all gravy for them that's why i that's another thing 
This is not their model. Xbox, they live and breathe on Game Pass right now. That's yeah. their business model is run everything through Game Pass. This is not that. This is a convenience for the PSP, uh, PS Plus and PS Now user, an inconvenience for those other people. But you know people are going to pay it. I'm a sucker. I paid 50 bucks for the NSO with N64 because it's what I, you know, it's because it's N64. Yeah. What what I think they needed to do and where I think the biggest miss comes from, I think my tune might be changed if you gave me a list of 20 games that would be available day one. Let me know. Is Resistance coming? Is The Bouncer coming? Is Twisted Metal Black coming? And like all these other ge- Twisted Metal 2, whatever. Like are what games are we paying for here? You want people to sign up in June. Now, I will admit in the PlayStation blog and the Twitter feed, it said first details. So they're going to give us more. I don't know why the fuck you wouldn't drop some games now just to help take some of the bad taste out, because I honestly think it would have, because there's a lot of bad taste going on right now. I I would like to think hopefully, I would say at least April, you start trickling some games. Okay, the first batch of games is going to be this, more to follow, and by the end of the release, hopefully you'll at least know 20 plus games that you're definitely going to be paying for. What I think, what I think the play here for people is, is this yearly option because $18 a month is a shit ton to swallow. That's more than Netflix. That's more than any other streaming service. Well, with tax and stuff, Netflix is over $18 an hour. Yeah. Okay. But with this, it's going to be over $18 too. There's tax on this. This shit ain't tax free. There's going to be 20 bucks a month almost after tax. So like once Netflix goes up, I think they're both (laughs) going to be $20. So like I, I understand that that's a lot of pill to swallow. Hell, it's only half the price of the Peloton app, and I use that. I haven't been on my Peloton in five months, so I've been oh, wasting, Jesus. throwing money away. But uh, I get it, right? the The appeal here is the annual price: one hundred and twenty dollars. That's twelve bucks a month or ten bucks a month. That's a lot easier to swallow. They want to get all that money up front, yeah. and I think that's where you're going to see is all right. Fuck eighteen bucks a month. I'll just drop the one twenty. It's less than Amazon Prime. Everybody has Prime. I'll do it. For me, as a PS essential user right now, I pay 60. They want me to double my investment into them. Double to stream games for games that I don't know about yet. That is a tough ask. No, and and, and you're not wrong. I just, I don't know. I want to, I hopefully they have something up their sleeve and it's just not just shit. And then they fail again and. Then Xbox gets literally keeps laughing all the way to the bank. So the, I'll end with this. There was a study that just dropped this morning. It showed a decline of, I think, 4% on PS Plus users since uh, the year started, where Game Pass is up, I believe, 22 or 25%. Now, there's still clearly a big disparity there because PlayStation is just so far ahead of Xbox after the, de- the debacle that was the Xbox One and the hit that was the PlayStation 4. There's just such a large gap right now that that won't make up the difference. But that is what we call a trend. And if it continues to trend in that direction, that's exactly what Microsoft wants. They know they can't make up all this ground right now, but I guarantee you nobody was happier when that announcement came out than them because it's a not a competitor to game pass. It's not trying to be, they were probably pleased about that. They heard streaming. They were probably pleased about that. And what Xbox did today, which we didn't really report it as news because it's really not. They did do a little bit of a fire back with, um, well, actually, the day that this was announced on Tuesday, an hour later, Xbox came out and tweeted, 
Xbox Game Pass, the place where you can play all of our games on day one. A little bit of a jab there like that. That was spicy. But the second thing is Xbox is going to be releasing a family tier for Game Pass, where instead of $15 a month for one person to use it, it'll be like $40 a month for five people to use it. And you can share it with friends and family. So like even more value. So like it's just a tough ask right now. I understand why Sony's doing it. This is not their big play. This is not the thing they need to hang their hats on. This is just extra revenue for them. But I really feel like let us know what games are downloaded and what games are streamed up front. Have a D and an S next to them. Something. Let me know because I will never stream a game. And if all the games I want are download options, okay, I might. But then I go back to PS3, which is what I want. I want Fat Princess. I want Resistance 1 through 3. And there's no option to download. They will be streamed. That is a tough ask. I almost feel like I should just borrow a PS3 and just play them. It's just going to be – it's just tough. To I mean, Greg, I do have two original PS3s, and I do have the HD Resistance Collection. Oh, mama. I think I just put it in my mailbox if that fat ass. It will not fit in your mailbox. It would not. You know, it wouldn't hold the weight. No, I have a Northeast Philly mailbox that hangs on my door. You know, it's not fitting. (laughs) The next story we have the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has been officially delayed until spring 2023. It's like the bad news just keeps getting bad. Can we like have a positive gaming story today? Uh, Okay. So basically this tells me this. So the only two games that have a shot at being game of the year is Elden Ring and God of War. Um, no, I disagree. I disagree. There's uh, we'll so, see. So you have Horizon. Eh. You have Horizon. No matter what you think about it, it has a chance. It'll be no, on the I, end. Of the I, I, I hear you, but the praise that I see on Elden Ring every single day on Twitter. Oh, it's it's a, it's enormous. It will That's win. There's no, there is no other game that will win. Like, like Elden I'm not Ring. The, like I'm not gonna lie, I saw Horizon. Like when that first game Horizon, people were talking. But once Elden Ring, I haven't heard a peep about Horizon. The only thing now is, huh? It's only only God of War is a shot now. Horizon, and, uh, Horizon made the dumb move of of releasing a week before Elden Ring. So they did it before with Breath of the Wild. They released a week after that. So tough release windows for both Horizon games. But like Elden Ring's going to win Game of the Year. There's just no question. There's nothing that will touch it. But in the discussion. Gotham Knights has an opportunity. Um, Pokemon Generation 9 will have an opportunity, especially as an open world game. And, and, and you don't think God of War has a shot? Or like, do oh, they oh, want to give it like... Oh, absolutely. Okay. And God of War will win somewhere. Like, somebody's going to vote for Ragnarok. But Ragnarok also doesn't have a date yet. They keep they have reiterated it will be this year. This year is very tight. There are a lot more games coming out. I'm sitting here saying TMNT Shredder's Revenge is going to be game of the year. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> That'd be cool. You know, there's there's Legends Arceus. Let's not forget about that. I don't think it will win, but it will be in the discussion. So Elden Ring will win it everywhere. It will win on the Game Awards. It will win at IGN. It will win where it matters. But um, this game, uh, when say I look at it as two things. One, the path you were going down of... Elden Ring's the game this year. Don't release this year. Hold it off till spring and then own the media next year because there will be no Elden Ring next year. So I'm with you there. And God of War and all that other stuff. So like Zelda has a chance to shine on its own. That's number one. Number two, I said the second that Pokemon Gen 9 was announced, and it's on my Twitter timeline as such, the second it got announced, well, this means Legend of Zelda is 2023. 
And people were, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. Yes, it does. Because they would not release Xenoblade in September, Pokemon in November, and fucking Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 in December. Three giant open world games. They would not do that in three months, four months. They would just not do it. They're not stupid. They want to space out that revenue. Now, as I look through my calendar, I'm going through 2023. I look at what I think is a good time for this game to launch. And I look at March. I, I was just thinking March too. And I look at Fridays as are the days that games come out. Well, what would you know? March 3rd is a Friday. March 3rd, 2023. That's the six year anniversary of the switch. The switch uh. came out on March 3rd and so did breath of the wild. So if you want to release breath of the wild two on March 3rd, 2023, that's six years between games coming out on the same date. And this is also a Friday. My book says March 3rd, 2023. Book yeah. it. That that actually makes perfect sense. That's what I would say. But it is sad, but also happy. Like, I got so much shit to play. The, the you have enough on your plate, Greg. You don't need another game right now. Generation 9 alone, I'm going to put 200 plus hours in. We all know that. It's an, it's an open world Pokemon game. It's what, I've, yeah. it's what everybody's always wanted. I put 141 into Legends. I'm going to put 200 into an actual real game. So... I'm psyched on that Ragnarok. I'm going to put 50 or plus you know, 50 into at least. So like no. Gotham Knights, I'm going to put four or five hours into before I hang it up. Like I'm ready to go. Uh, I'll be playing plenty of games this year. As sad as I am, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Now you got this game day of release. I Let's did. get your impressions. Kirby and the forgotten land. All right. High level, high level. Look, it's the best Kirby game I've ever played. It's the best Kirby game probably ever made. It's also a reminder that it's a Kirby game and Kirby is never just going to be on the level of Mario or Zelda or even Metroid for me. It's still a Kirby game. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's got difficulty options. So it's great for you and your kid to play together because there's co-op and you can change the difficulty on the fly. It's a wonderful experience for that. And Kirby in 3D is awesome and a post-apocalyptic 3D nonetheless. And the environments are beautiful and the secrets are abundant. And I love exploring the levels. And what I love is you have to save what well, they're called Waddle Dees. Let's just think about it this way. You have to save things. And the more you save, the more things open up like levels and this, that, and the other. So it's a pretty standard thing. That is not the first time that's ever happened in games. But what I love is they don't tell you each level's objective beforehand they had just have question marks next to it and as you explore you figure it out and i love that and when you get it it'll unlock and when you beat the level if you didn't get it it'll tell you at the end of your first playthrough for that level so then you can just go back in and you'll know what to look for and and you could do it so it, it really encourages replayability exploration again it's a kirby game for me where i think it shines is it's a great 20 or 30 minute game it's a great, oh, I have this thing. I only have a half hour to do whatever. I'll go in and I'll play two or three levels because it's not open world. It's not this, that, it's level structured. It's very linear, but it's in a 3D environment. So like you have a start and an end to a level with multiple checkpoints throughout the way. You can go in, you can beat two or three levels, and then you can put it down. It's really, really good for like pickup and quick play. To me, I haven't even, I have yet to session it for over even an hour. I've probably gotten about, three 
three and a half hours total, probably so far. I probably have about halfway done. I've yet to play the game for more than an hour in one sitting because I just feel like two or three levels is enough. I'm a secret whore, so I'm going through and finding everything. So I'm playing each level a couple times, and then I'm good for like a, for the day, and then I'll go back to it the next day. It's not the game where I think about it when I'm not playing it. It's all I want to do, this, that, the other. It's not Ghost. It's definitely not Ghost. Ghost is with some of the most addicting gameplay I've ever played. But it's such a step in the right direction. It's such a wonderful direction for Kirby to go. And I never, ever, ever, ever thought I'd say I really love a Kirby game. And I finally do. So for 60 bucks, totally worth it. But just know what you're getting into. It's not challenging uh, from like Elden Ring. Like it's not like a hard game. It is Nintendo hard. It's it could be the first time around. You might need to go back and play it a little bit. I haven't died yet. So I was was on the verge once Uh, the bosses can be can be tough, but um, I, I didn't die yet. I'm on the third boss. So. Like get know what you're getting into. I'm playing it on hard mode um, because I have to because I know that easy mode I could beat it with my eyes closed. So I really do enjoy it. It's really fun. I love the dynamic. I love the 3D environments. Post-apocalyptic Nintendo is great. Um, and the I'm I'm in this level with like a speedway and like I love the copy abilities. I love that you can upgrade them. I love the mouthful modes. I love it all. Um. It's just, uh, it's just, the best, sh- it's just the best Kirby game to come out. No doubt. It's just a little, it's just going to be a little short. Like I'm going to be able to beat this game in seven or eight hours. And then yeah, once you said you're three and a half, you're halfway done. I was like, yeah. huh? it's just, Already? it's just going to be a little short. And I feel like even if I go to 100%, I could probably do that in like nine to 10 hours. So if you're okay with beating the fuck out of a game in 10 hours for 60 bucks, I'm all for it. You should definitely do it. If not, wait 15 years before it goes on sale, and then uh, and then jump in. But it's it's really fun. I really do enjoy it. The ESA has canceled E3 for 2022. This just dropped today, Thursday. I thought today was Friday for some reason, but it just dropped Thursday, and it's like, well, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all because we haven't heard anything about it yet, and it's it's April now and, and it was only going to be digitally anyway yeah we were like we would by now we would have heard like here's the website at least at least here's the website you can sign up so like this is kind of expected plus i'm happy <laughs> because like <laughs> now capcom and ubisoft and all these people that don't need to do presentations gearbox we're not going to get those but I would still think Xbox will do a showcase in June and Nintendo will have a June direct. And I still think a state of play happens in July or not a state of play, but PS five's big showcase they've done for the past two years. I still think that'll happen. And we're still getting summer game fest with Jeff Keighley, who is very, very fucking douchey on Twitter with his little, no, no, it was like when you use immediately send me that text, I went on Twitter. The first thing on my thing was a wink. And I was like, huh? So I sent you that. He's so smug. He's no, he so is. And then, and then when I clicked on the smile face, you people are like, man, you, you you put a wink face when you see something got canceled and like, you know, you sell like you selfish bastard or something like that. And I was like, they're not wrong. Nah, he's Jeff's always rubbed me the wrong way. But you know what? I'm a whore. So I, I love video games. So I'll watch his shit because like I like world premieres and fun announcements. Um, 
but we'll get that. So we'll get the summer game fest opening night, which will have, you know, a bunch of games and stuff like that. So I don't think we're not going to get things. I think we're still going to get things around the same time. But what I think this does is trim the fat because we're not going to get the dumb ones. Like I said, Capcom and Gearbox and all this, this has a chance now for them to take their games and put them elsewhere in Xboxes in Nintendo's or whatever, get on those trains while you can in Keeley's thing, you know, EA already canceled their EA play for this year. So that wasn't even going to happen, even though that's technically not a part of E3. It just makes sense. Now, I thought that means E3 is dead, but apparently IGN had reported that they are they want to regroup, bring it back bigger and better than ever in person in 2023. So as much as I thought E3 was dead, we won't know until next year. I'd be curious to see what this bigger plan is for 2023. So I don't know if Sony's gone. And they, let's call it what it is. Sony is the king. Nintendo might get the most views for a direct because they're known for that now. But Sony is the king when it comes yeah. to the eyeballs. Without them, I don't know what you can do to make E3 bigger and better. Xbox already did a thing. What are you going to do? Beg Nintendo to come back and do a stage thing? I, they, the directs are where they're at, dude. They get millions of hits on those and they're just, they're happy. So I don't know what they mean by this, but. I don't know if it's super appealing. And we had somebody DM us on Twitter or IG saying the same thing. Like I kind of just want E3 to go away. It's like, I can't, yeah. I can't argue there. And the last story we have in gaming, Rockstar has launched GTA plus for $6 a month only for PS five and Xbox series users. Not even PC, which is weird, but like a streaming service for games. Like, are we really here now? Like is call <laughs> of duty going to be next? Like, are we going to get call of duty plus? Or like, I, well, dude, what, if Madden good, Plus, you got to pay for the roster update. It's like, it. how much money do they need? Six dollars a month, and you get exclusive bonus in-game items and so many perks and all the other shit that who fucking cares? It makes me remember that GTA is not a game; it's a, it's like the Monopoly man. They just they're just there to collect money. They're not there it. to give you two hundred dollars new passcode. They're there to take it. Uh, I, I just I think this is just the worst path ever for games. The gaming was the one place where, yeah, microtransactions exist, but like we had our own space. And now you're telling us that you're going to lock exclusive content behind a $6 a month paywall. That just is fucked, man. That's just so fucked. Rockstar. (laughs) Rockstar's just fucking. They're just, they're just rolling again. They, I swear to God, for Christmas, they give their employees pillows stuffed with cash. Like it's just, (laughs) I'm sure they do. uh, What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, let's move into movie, Sam. I have the review for Morbius, the stinker from Jared Leto and team. I, um, I didn't see it yet, but I, I'm going to try to see it before the next pod. Just I, I hate Like I always say, I always support all Marvel, DC, any super movies, whether it's got a 2% or an actual. I'll, I'll wait to give the actual percentage it has. I have to say it. <sighs> I... I will wait till it's somewhere for free on streaming or, or cable. I'm sure it'll go to stars. Cause that's where these Sony and Disney things go is stars. So I'm sure I'll just well, Netflix it. signed an exclusive pay one window streaming rights, which is typically 18 months. And then oh. Disney signed for pay two window rights for the film, which will be streamed on Disney plus and Hulu. God Morbius is unspectacular in ways that waste the potential of what could be an intriguing hybrid of sinister horror and superhero thrills. One single scene recalls lights out for a suitable fright, but otherwise the horror accents are limited to cheesy jokes about Dracula. That's the approach the whole film takes. 
Everything feels superfluous and uninterested in thoughtful storytelling because the mission at hand is to get to the end credits where the meat exists. Morbius is so focused on building on Sony Spider-Man universe and hopeful sequels that it forgets about enthusiastically engaging its audience from the start. Jeez, I, I think I saw it was a five. Yeah, I did. I had to read this one. Barry Hertz of the Glo- the Globe and Mail panned the film, saying it's charmless, incoherent, ugly and so aggressively stupid that it defies any attempt to shove it into the desperate guilty pleasure box. Oof. I skipped, I skipped the Eternals. I did, I never finished Shang-Chi. I wish I skipped Black Widow. I'm thinking, like, we could add this to the list of shit I, I might I, never I see. Saw, I saw another review saying, I liked it just a little bit better than Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I looking back, I really hated Venom. I really did. Yeah, but Venom Venom Two stunk. I mean, that that was that was terrible. The first one, one has a weird endearing quality. The second one just blows trunks. I think it was just because it was like it was Venom. Everyone was so excited, you kind of put it on a pedestal a little bit. Well, I never thought a ninety minute movie could feel four hours long. I just yep, and I I, I dude, it, to me that was longer than the Batman. Yeah, uh, there was a new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. What did you think? And I I did see it. We finally got our first little look at Val Kilmer, even though it was only a picture. A picture, obviously, he was from the original movie Iceman, and now he's a four-star admiral who served as commander. So I thought that was cool. Um, Miles Teller with the mustache—I mean, we, we knew from even before we knew it was Goose's son. We knew it was like it's got to be Goose's son, and he—he he looks pretty damn good. Tom Cruise is is back. I I think th- I think this is going to be better than the first one because when you go back and watch top gun it, it's it's very corny very cheesy you know i was inverted it, 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 that's a movie that i guess that's in my guilty pleasure i still don't think it's one of tom cruise's best movies but i'm a sucker and i am going to see this movie in theaters god bless and, you and it's what may 27th it comes out this year god damn bless you that's what I, I, I i think i'm mainly going i I love Val Kilmer. Yeah, remember, I still did. It comes out the same day as Obi-Wan and Stranger Things. Just remember that. Oh, shit. You're right. That's going to be a busy weekend. Whew, not for me. Not for me. I'll watch Obi-Wan at like 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning when it releases. So who fucking cares? And I'll watch <laughs> Stranger Things that night. And I'll never see Top Gun because I don't give a flying yep. shit. Which, which is crazy. Did. I'm looking. Miles Teller revealed that he finished filming in June 2019. It's one of those movies like Morbius that was supposed to come out four years ago. Like it should have been out already. Morbius was supposed to come out before No Way Home. So like, let's just be, let's just remember this. Top Gun and, was supposed to come out two years ago. So and and I'm looking here. They filmed it in IMAX certified Sony Venice 6K full screen cameras. It's supposed to be. It's one of those like RT, RDX yeah. or whatever real time things. Like they want you to be so immersed in this film. If you don't see it in IMAX, don't see it. This is the type that noise of the planes is going to fucking rock your face off. So that's like the one part is I think it'll be a visual treat. I think the story is going to blow chunks, but I think it'll be a really good thing to look at and like feel immersed in. But I'm good. I'll wear headphones and watch on my iPad one day on HBO. (laughs) Don't care, man. I just don't. Bruce Willis is retiring from acting a legend. He is retiring not because he wants to, unfortunately. He uh, has been diagnosed with a condition that is none of our business. If you want to go look it up, go look it up. Um, We wish him nothing but the best in all his future. 
But we wanted to pay some homage or homage to Bruce Willis. And we wanted to go through our top three tonight. Our top three favorite Bruce Willis movies. I don't expect this movie definitely not to be on your list. But this is my guilty pleasure. Movie from 2000. The whole nine yards. Uh, I saw it once. I saw it once back around that time. And I haven't really thought about it since. But it... it, (sighs) As I was scrolling through his stuff, I said, ah, I'm going to pass. It's it, it's such a guilty pleasure for me. Bruce Willis, Matthew Perry, Michael Clark Duncan, Amanda Peet, Kevin Pollock. Great cast. I, I, the second one was terrible. I think it's got like a 4% of Rotten Tomatoes. This one only has a 43%. But again, this is one of my guilty pleasures. I just thought, I just thought him and, and Perry had that chemistry going back and forth, cracking up. I, I truly think this was like one of his little underdogs that not a lot of people see. Um, I actually, so we didn't go with, I, I, could, I, I, I could, yeah, I didn't go with all his traditional shit. Yeah. They're great movies and all, but I went, what, what stuck out to me. I, I'm see, I'm going off a different basis too. We said movies, not performances. It doesn't necessarily have to be because he had a great performance. Yes. Now he was a main character in my number three. I won't say his performance necessarily stuck out, but I love this movie. And I'm talking about 1996's. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it Beavis and Butthead? It is absolutely Beavis and Butthead do America. Yo, he was Muddy, who plays like a criminal boyfriend of like the girl that Beavis and Butthead are trying to chase down. And he's so funny. And like he wants money in a hotel room. He's always smoking. He's got a gun. And I had no idea it was Bruce Willis until probably the 2000s when I grew up a little bit and remembered, oh, who's this Bruce Willis fella? Because I was, you know, eight when that movie came out and I saw it when I was eight. So like I really didn't understand a lot. We used to watch it in Carmen's basement just like constantly because his grandparents didn't give a shit what we did. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. I, I watched a lot of stuff there. I probably shouldn't have. And so I just thought not porn, no. Uh, except he was in a cheerleading outfit on his wall. That was weird. Um, Demi Moore's in that movie. Mike Judge obviously does the voice of Beavis and Buttheads. Like Clar- Clor- uh, uh, Cloris Leachman, like a ton-, ton of great stars in this movie. And it's a dumb Beavis and Butthead movie. But I thought it was phenomenal. I still think it holds up. I watched it semi-recently. Sometime during the pandemic, randomly, I put it on. And I had myself a good laugh. And it brought me back. So, yeah, I like it. Bruce Willis is muddy in Beavis and Butthead Do America. Uh, can't go wrong there. My number two. Uh, this is from 1991. A buddy cop action film. The last Boy Scout. Never saw it. <gasps> you, you never saw it? Never oh, saw no. it. Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans. I, Damon Wayans, I'm a sucker for uh, Damon. Uh, I, I know the box art. As I was scrolling his IMDb, that, that stuck out. So, yeah, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad you like this then. It, 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 they again, they have great chemistry. This was directed by Tony Scott. I think besides True Romance, I think this is you know the next best Tony Scott directed film. Screenplay by Shane Black, who did wrote or directed Iron Man three, but for thank God he didn't direct it and Tony Scott did it. But I I just I, I really enjoyed this film. Their chemistry was great. It, it, this was probably when the buddy cops I feel like were kind of on the way down. You know what I mean? It was like all the lethal weapons, the last boy scout. I think this was one of like the, the last of the of the, the really good ones. Mm-hmm. And oh, Halle Berry's in this. I actually forgot that she was actually the stripper that he has to protect. Spoiler alert, she dies. But I just love their chemistry of Damon Wayne's wittiness. I I watched him from In Living Color. 
and from I remember what my wife and kids, I freaking watched that shit when I was on the freaking WB 17 back in the day. But for whatever reason, this movie had its own style. It had action. It had, I love the scene with the helicopter. Um, it had some football in here. He was the old quarterback and yeah, maybe the special effects may be a little outdated for 91, but I, I still think it's still a good movie. It's under two hours. You can get through it pretty fast. Definitely check out the last boys. Um, I'm going to take a quick two second, uh, uh, diversion real quick. And I just want to say, I, I'm, I just remembered this as we're recording now, it's nine 30. And as we're about to start a new show on, I think CBS or ABC, one of them called how we roll is just about the premiere. Um, it's Pete Holmes and he's a bull and he's a dad who's on a bowling team and it's a comedy. Da, 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 da. So I'm interested. I have a DVRing as we speak. Just want to throw it out there. If you like bowling and Pete Holmes, how we roll, the pilot is about to premiere as we speak. And then also there's this really popular show that everybody's saying is like the funniest shit on TV called Abbott elementary. I tried it. it. I tried it. I didn't care for it. So that's just a quick diversion there as I'm um, trying to put on the NHL network because the Sixers lost. So my number two, I'm not going to spend much time on it because it's just really obvious. And if you haven't seen it yet, you just kind of gotta nothing. I say here should sway you to that. You just should watch it. Dude. Butch Coolidge, man. Pulp Fiction. Oh, there you go. Pulp Fiction. I had the first time I saw it, I was, it was, a, I think, eight or nine years ago. So I was in my mid-20s the first time I saw this movie. And I remember putting on Facebook, about to watch Pulp Fiction for the first time. And it might have been my most engaged status of the year because people are like, how the fuck did you not see this movie yet? Because you're a movie guy at, at the time. So I'm surprised it took me that long, but I did fall in love with it. So Pulp Fiction, just a really good movie. And Bruce Willis as Butch Coolidge has a really memorable. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I, I could take out any my two or three for that movie because that is a fucking great movie. I actually forgot about that one. My, my number one, no surprise, is Die Hard. One of the best Christmas movies. I usually watch it every year. I got to see my ball full, fall from the, the plaza. Again, it's Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman with... If Alan Rickman's gone, it, this the movie's not as good. They were perfect pair, the perfect John. Was it John McTiernan directed the Die Hard? I don't know what did what Tiernan. Tiernan. John, John McTiernan. T I E R. Okay. okay, Last Action Hero, Die Hard Adventure. Last Action okay. Hero sucks. By the way, he also did Rollerball, so I think we can just move on from that. Like he's, you know, I mean, his his, his best he did movie for was, Red October. And his, his best Predator. movies were, yeah, Predator and Die Hard were easily his best movies. Yeah, but I mean, do I even have to say any more about Die Hard? I mean, he this because he came from the TV show. I think it was called Moonlight. Moonlighting. He played was a detective, and that's where he got his star. Was a T like, what, like back in the day, it was kind of rare to go from TV then jump to movies. So Bruce Willis, Die Hard, he knocked it out of the park. My number one is also Die Hard, but Means- mine is Die Hard with a Vengeance. So Die Hard with a Vengeance is my favorite Die Hard movie, and it's not even close. Die Hard is probably number two, but I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is my favorite because, number one, I have the most nostalgia for that one. Number oh, that's two, right. Samuel Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Number two, it's the first one I ever saw. So I just have some weird connection with Die Hard with a Vengeance, and particularly because there's a scene where Bruce Willis is naked and he puts on one of like the things that you'd wear outside of a store to advertise like the thing that covers your front and back, like a big sign, yeah, yeah. like a big sign. He's wearing that in the middle of the street because like the killer who was, I believe Jeremy irons was like, yep. 
you got to wear this thing. And then like Samuel Jackson, like goes and they get in this big chase scene. And it just stuck out to me that this was the first, like hard hitting besides bad boys. Cause this came out, I think the year before bad boys, I think this was 95. I think bad boys was 96, but like that was the era where I started really getting into these types of movies. And for like the nostalgia alone, and especially Jeremy irons, because he just crushed it. I, yeah. I think he was like a German guy named Simon or something like that. Like you didn't even see his face till the end. He was always on the phone telling him what to do, calling pay phones. Da, 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 da. I was going to say, it literally sounds like you're talking about phone booth. Right. Exactly. Except you're allowed to leave it. And so I, I just really enjoyed Die Hard with a vengeance. There's nothing against Die Hard. Die Hard probably number four on my list, but because of the nostalgia and because I just love Die Hard with a vengeance, that would be my number one. But at the end of the day, it's just a shame that yeah. this yeah. is all happening. Yeah, and I'll, the last thing I'll say for at least a Die Hard, they made five of them. The first four are all actually really good. I enjoyed Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Hard Adventures, and Live Free Die Hard. The only bad one was a good day to Die Hard with our boy Jai Courtney. Yeah. That was terrible. Wasn't At, there I mean, like another one in production? That got, I don't know. No, I think that was a commercial. Oh, right, right, right. Thank you. Yes, it was like a fake. Yeah, that was a commercial. So you have like, like all staples the or something, like weird. I think it was like yeah, some, so, some obscure company too. And it, it's, you know, like the first one, like they all have like high 80s, 90s. Then it's like one's like 70. And then the last one, 15%. Like the, it literally <laughs> just, just I, I'm pretty sure they just did it for the money. That's funny. Our last story before Sam takes us home. There is a Tony Hawk themed documentary hitting HBO and HBO max on April 5th. No, not pretending I'm a Superman. The Tony Hawk video game story. We're talking about an actual Tony Hawk documentary coming to HBO. So, you know, it's going to be good. And just give me Liev Shriver as the uh, narrator. Cause he's the best. He's the whole reason I love HBO sports docs. And you, you mentioned the beginning of the pod where, kind of came out of nowhere like oh it's oh it comes out in five six days great oh didn't didn't like know this was in the works like i i know recently tony hawk i think like he tours be tore something in his leg or something like that that's like the only thing i knew about tony it's like, oh no there's a whole documentary coming out next you know yeah next and, week. and we've all seen like if you follow skateboarding you've seen the story of tony hawk so i'm interested to see yeah. like this isn't his first rodeo or first documentary so i'm interested to see like what they do differently here and how HBO puts a spin on it. And like, if it's going to tell me anything I didn't already know, cause I'm pretty well versed in the way of the Hawk. So like, I am interested to see how far that goes. And it's this Tuesday, it's April 5th. I thought MLB, the show was on April 1st. So I like prepared my mind to spend my Friday night playing the show. And I just realized that that's on Tuesday, April 5th as well. So I got to wait a few more days game pass. Thank you. I did uh-huh. pre-download it already. So it's ready to rock. Hey. on Tuesday. But I am going to watch this documentary day one, Tuesday night, April 5th. That, oh, no, I'm not. That's my fantasy baseball draft. Well, after my baseball draft, <laughs> at around 10 30, 11 o'clock, I will watch this documentary and I will hopefully have it as my pick of the week next week because I have really high hopes for this. I'm super excited. It's awesome. My pick of the week next week is probably just going to be baseball, though. I'm just letting you know. It's opening day next Thursday when we record. We're back, baby. I, we might have to record a day early next week, though. So I, I would imagine we were recording Wednesday next week because I think my coaches' meetings next Thursday. They haven't announced it yet. But just, it wasn't this week. so Just let me know, brother. Yeah. Anyway, now that I gave you all that inside baseball, Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Weekly water this week again, as I've been saying. Uh, Wada has been shipping everyone's games back. They... Um, been posted a lot on social media saying again they apologize for 
how everything's been so delayed, how backed up they were with shortages from you know their parts for their cases, and that they're fully moved into their um, California location, that they're keeping their Colorado location. I think it's till April 30th. Just they're trying to just knock out as much of that backlog as they can. I've, I've been very happy. They've definitely been giving my games back pretty fast as of late. But today we have a PlayStation 1 game from 2003. Inuyasha, a funeral fairy tale. Again, I was huge into Inuyasha um, back in the day when I was younger. It always came on Adult Swim. That's kind of where I watched Inuyasha, um, Trigun, you know, Roni Kenshin. All that, all them episodes came on late. I, I just loved the anime. It was this, uh, Richard Cox was the voice in the show. He was Bit Cloud on Zoids, but in, in this game, it was only in Japanese and English subtitles. Um, it's, I have this at a nine, six, a plus seal. It, I've, I've seen a few like low grades, but it's PS one. They're always so damaged. So I, I didn't see anything higher than a nine, six as of yet. This is the first party Y seam seal with the Sony security label and tear strip. This was the localization of the 2002 Sony PlayStation game Inuyasha fairy tale battle. This was based on the 1996 manga series Inuyasha developed by Dimps, published by Bandai, and it's just like Street Fighter. You got a dash button, a, a weak, and a strong attack. That's it. Nice and easy 2D fighting game. Uh, EDM, e, or excuse me, EGM gave it a 6 out of 10, and that's probably what I would probably give it. Metacritic gave it a 69 out of 100, and it's just like the the manga, the anime. It's you're trying to beat the guys, you're trying to collect the shards of the Seiko and Jewel, to def, uh, defeat Naraku, and there's unlockable characters. You can, you know, unlock Naraku, Shishomaru, Koga, all the guys from the show, the manga, everything that you loved. But I mean, I, got, I think I bought the game for like 20 bucks. Like, I got it for a steal. Now you, I don't even see any on eBay at all because it's, it's PS1. The game's next year, it'll be 20 years old. Hard to believe. But if you don't want to play the game, I'll at least highly recommend you go watch the anime. I know when they first released the anime, it, they never completed it. They, I think it was five or six seasons, and it just ended. And you're like, um, but you never you, you never even got Naraku, who the main guy was from like episode four. So eventually they released the final act of 26 episodes to tie it all together. And now there's a, a spinoff series that follows, like uh, I believe it's the, the kids of Inuyasha and his, uh, his brother Shishomaru. So I, I didn't watch that yet. I heard good things. Hopefully I'll watch that soon. But if you don't have time to watch the anime, you you could probably beat this game in an hour. Inuyasha, a feudal fairy tale. Everybody, that was episode 277. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. A little longer than we've been going, which I appreciate because I think we gave Moon Knight and our stories of restaurants a lot of time. <laughs> and that, they they needed to be said. Yeah, that makes me happy. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will be back next week for episode 278. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Hey!